Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Balance to me is looking at both the physical and emotional side. I, you know, don't get stuck on the numbers. And, you know, it's not all about what you eat and how much you work out, but it's also how you feel and just live your life. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, Kristen back for another episode of the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I know I say this every time, but I am so excited for you to hear from this guest I have on today. I am sure many of you will already know who she is or have seen her videos before, um, but Nicole Gonzalez is the founder of the hugely popular YouTube channel and blog, Health Nut Nutrition, which has over 560,000 subscribers and over 40 million views. She's also the author of the Health Nut Cookbook, which just launched, just came out, and contains over 100 easy, healthy, and delicious meals. Nicole is a passionate health nut who inspires her audience to live an active, healthy, and balanced lifestyle by showing how easy and delicious it can be. Her healthified versions of fresh and tasty dishes are guaranteed to make your taste buds dance and prove that healthy eating doesn't have to be tasteless or boring. Nicole's philosophy is all about finding a balance that works for you. It's about listening to your body, surrounding yourself with positive people, limiting stress, and enjoying foods you love. She doesn't believe in dieting, calorie counting, low-fat, or sugar-free labels. Instead, Nicole promises a holistic and intuitive approach to living a healthy lifestyle both inside and out. She's become a trusted resource for sharing this philosophy on outlets like CTV's Your Morning, CP24, and Global's The Morning Show, showcasing quick and healthy, easy meals to Canadians across the country. Friends, I loved the conversation that I had with Nicole. It's so fun um, that we were actually both in Toronto at like the same time um, working with some of the same people and we never really got to know each other. But since then, I've been following her over on YouTube. Um, and, you know, the, the more we chat, the more I know that we have very similar philosophies about healthy living and balance, and that is exactly what we talked about today. We talked about how she believes that health isn't a gene size, um, and but that it is important to nourish our bodies, and that nourishing our bodies isn't just with food, but it's also with mindset, and we dig into things like meditation, um, and it, we just had a really fantastic conversation across the board about healthy living, what it means to be a health nut, and to live a really, truly healthy, balanced life. So I'm so excited for you to dig into this conversation. So without further ado, here is Nicole Gonzalez. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Hi, so excited to be here. So I just shared your bio, but it, I would love if you could just share your story about how you got started and how you got to where you are today with Health Nut Nutrition. 
So it's definitely been a journey. I actually started with, if we kind of like zoom the lens back, I actually went to school for business marketing, which sometimes plays a role into what I do, but I feel like nothing I was taught in school could prepare me for being a full-time YouTuber and what my job is today. So basically I had growing up, I had a pretty healthy, um, upbringing. My, my mom kind of instilled a lot of healthy habits in me, you know, with food and just life in general. And so I feel like I had a good foundation when it came to health and foods and how they make you feel. Uh, but like most people, when I left home, I was like kind of a workaholic. I was bouncing around between a lot of different jobs and I didn't have the best eating habits. I was, you know, skipping breakfast, drinking coffee all day, and I wasn't working out at all. And I was, I was slim. I looked skinny and healthy. I was not at all. Like there was nothing I was doing. There was definitely a good chunk of my late teens and early twenties that I was not a health nut. So it wasn't really until I started living on my own for college. I moved to downtown Toronto. It's actually where I met my boyfriend, Matt. And I was starting to do my own grocery shopping, cooking for myself, all those things that you do when you're adulting. And I was realizing that if I'm going to spend all this time and money on food and cooking, I wanted to make sure that I was doing it, we'll say right, but like I was just trying to do it the healthy way. And because I, at an early age, I really saw the connection between food and how it made me feel. I've always struggled with being super high stress and like just uh, anxiety all my life. And I really started to notice that these processed sugary foods, coffee till noon, all these habits that I was doing that were actually making my anxiety worse and not helping it in any way. And I almost like at the time too would like anytime I'd be really stressed out, I would just push through it and be like, oh, it's fine. I can handle it. Like it was almost like if my body could push through it, I'll figure out the mind stuff later. And little, little did I know I was just like tucking it away into this like Pandora's box that was going to open up later. But I was going to school for business marketing. And at the same time, I took a couple of nutrition courses as I was getting really interested in food and wellness. And I thought then and there that I was going to be go back to school to be a holistic nutritionist. I was following a lot of people like Megan Telpner, Joy McCarthy, uh, which is kind of crazy because Joy and I are, are friends now. So it's, <laughs> it's funny how things work. Um, but I was seeing these awesome entrepreneurs bringing their health and wellness businesses, not even like in a, not, not only were they doing it and doing it well, but they were bringing it into the online space, which I thought was so cool. And I was really interested in that. And uh, so basically fast forward, I was done school. I started working at a telecommunications company. And during that time I was working on an internal health website for the employees. And I was like the coordinator for it. That was like one of my side jobs. I was coordinating this website and I had kind of started this. This is kind of like where HealthNet was born. I started this little column called Ask HealthNet and I would share healthy tips and recipes. And it was just like an outlet for me to share all these fun facts and tips I was learning and really enjoying. And I was sharing them on there. And then I quickly asked my boss if I could start, take that name and start my own blog with it. Obviously he was like, okay, yeah, have fun, <laughs> have fun with that. And I started my blog. It didn't really, it wasn't really going anywhere. Uh, and at the same time I was learning and discovering about the world of YouTube. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like this, there is more than just like cat videos on YouTube. And <laughs> I just thought it was, I don't know, there's something really intriguing that drew me into YouTube. I can't even explain what it was. I just knew I want to do this someday. I didn't know how or what or when. I just knew I wanted to do it. And during this time when I was working at this company, starting my semi-blog, whatever it was, I was also, my boyfriend and I were planning a trip to Australia for a year. We're looking to live and work there and just take in the Australian culture. And I that's kind of where I really while we were planning, I was just really absorbing that whole YouTube world. And when we actually moved to Australia is when I started, we started vlogging. It was mostly for our friends and family so they could keep up with us. Uh, but then we, and I was horrible on the camera. It was mostly Matt that was kind of running with it. And then I thought, okay, I want to actually start doing videos for a channel that I share with, with everybody, not just friends and family. 
I mean, I wasn't telling any anybody, definitely not anyone on Facebook that I was sharing videos online to the world, but that's where we, uh, Matt was basically the one really helping me in the beginning and obviously still does, but uh, he helped me get the courage to press the record button, talk to a camera, and it took many attempts, um, but you know, like anything, once you do it again and again and again, you start to get more comfortable. Uh, so I basically started like with random videos. Some of them were fitness, some of them were food. And over time, I kind of just started, I mean, what really kind of picked up the channel was that consistency. So, you know, I felt like when we we're in Australia, I was doing it here and there. But it was when I came back, I started uploading, I made a point to upload once a week, every week. And that is really where the channel started to grow. And then I was kind of growing the channel. And then I ended up going back into marketing for a couple of years. And then I, I mean, I'm skipping over a lot of like messy stuff. I mean, there is a lot of grind work when you're trying to build something that you're passionate into a full time job. Uh, but basically, I went back to work and I was running, I was doing the side hustle of health net nutrition on the side until it eventually became something so big that I needed to make a decision. And I actually left my marketing job about I think about two and a half years ago, I should figure out the date. And I think it's I think this January is going to be two years. And I started started health and nutrition full time. And it's been a crazy journey ever since. Ah, such a cool story. Oh, I'm so glad you, you shared it like from the very beginning. I had no idea about the, the health nut column. I think that's so cool that you got to do that in a job that you just happened to be working at and then it evolved into into what it is today. I think that's that's so cool. And it's it's so funny that you mention um, some of the Toronto nutritionists um, like way back in the day. I used to work for Megan. I was like worked in her kitchen with her for about a year or maybe like a year and a half. And then I um, when I was a personal chef in Toronto, I did some like personal chef stuff for a couple of Joy's like workshops she did. And I had no idea that I would be where I am now. I was working as a personal chef then and sort of studying holistic nutrition. And it's so funny that like, I, it was probably a very similar timeline where you're getting all of this inspiration from some of these other nutritionists and sort of starting your thing over here. And I had no idea I'd be doing this now, but we have this really cool Toronto connection. So I just, and I love that you mentioned like, that. <laughs> yeah, what a small world. We've almost like overlapped in some way. And I just think that's, I, yeah, I think it's so cool. And I think it's important to share the beginning journey because I know a lot of people just think, but like, how, like, how did it actually start? You know, and it's not always this like pretty upward journey. And there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if you've seen those like, uh, pictures where it's like the road to success. And it's like, one line starts somewhere. And it's like this big, messy scramble of lines. And then it's like, then it, it shows the end part. And that really is the journey. And I'm still in that like messy part, I feel like, but it's, I don't know. I, I just think if I mean people in my life that have been there from the beginning, they're just blown away because they're like, I remember when you were just talking about this thing and I didn't even know what it was going to be. And they now see it today and their their minds are blown. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't even know how this came to be. But it just goes to show when, you know, you work your butt off and you really love what you do and you do it not for like the money or the success and you do it because you would do it if you like if you didn't get paid for it, I think that's what really makes it grow and can make it into something. Totally. I totally agree. It's all about hard work and passion. And I think that comes through. So, you know, even in the early days, I was sharing before we before we started recording that even in, in the early days of your YouTube videos, I think I probably started watching your YouTube videos, like after you got back from Australia, sort of that time, I think when you started posting more regularly, and you can tell your passion for health and nutrition and sharing it. Um, and, you know, this kind of leads into, I think there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, but I think the number one reason that I really wanted to have you on the podcast, other than, you know, I've been following you for a long time and I fully support what you're doing, um, it's that I think your approach to food and health is so refreshing and so needed in this world. And I love that you talked about the fact that like when you were growing up, you you had this healthy view of food, this balanced view of food. Um, but you share a lot about health and real food and healthy habits because you are a health nut after all. 
but it's in a balanced way and you're not, you know, telling people that they have to restrict themselves or go on any particular, you know, plan and and you don't restrict yourself from enjoying all types of foods and going out to eat and going out to brunch. I love when you share your like what I eat in a day or your vlogs where you kind of share what you do in the day and you live this healthy and active lifestyle, but you're doing it in this really balanced way. Um so I really, really appreciate that. And I really think that your your approach is, is refreshing and, and needed. And I think that's why you've grown this incredible following, um, I think, because I, people want that. They want that really balanced view of health. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if you can kind of expand on this a little bit more and your approach to health and food and why you share the way you do and why you don't subscribe to any particular diet, but, you know, just the health nut diet as in, you know, what works for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I I think some of my views on food and just it being a little bit more balanced than what people are used to, I think a lot of it comes just naturally to me, uh, luckily from just my upbringing, but also I think it's learned behavior. And I think a lot of times the way we react with food is what we've been just almost exposed to and their learned behaviors that we've seen in the media or through our friends and family. And I think it's really important to kind of, if you feel like you have this negative relationship with food and, you know, even dieting and you just feel like you're in this rut, I think it's really important to kind of step back and almost like reteach yourself how to have a relationship with food. And I think when you stop looking at food as the enemy and something that you need to control and restrict yourself with, I think that's when you start to build a healthier and just happier relationship with food. I, I believe that food is meant to be enjoyed. I love food. It makes me so happy. you know. But I, at the same time, I realize that can be a negative thing for people too, that maybe they're looking for food to bring them, bring them up when they're feeling down. Um, but like I said, I think that it's just about reteaching your body and your mind that healthy foods can be pleasurable. Our taste buds can change and adapt. And over time, it like I do feel like it's possible to enjoy a hearty kale salad with tahini dressing and a side of sweet uh, baked sweet potato fries just as much or hopefully more as, you know, maybe something from the fast food uh, drive through. And I think what motivates me to eat the way I do and live the way I live is the effects of it all. You, The way I feel is, or the way you end up feeling when you do these things is the true proof. And it's like why people do it. You know, people wouldn't spend hours at the gym or spend all this time prepping and all this money on groceries if they were doing it for years and didn't see any differences from it. I, I really feel like when you start to incorporate these habits, um, just the way you feel is the motivation. And that's what motivates me. Like, you know, you start small and then you start to see these, these habits really take form and change your life in both a mental and physical way. And I think that's what keeps you, keeps you going more like long-term and hopefully creates a healthier relationship with food. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like nodding my head to, to all of that. <laughs> and I think the, the key here, and I think something that you share a lot is it's just about those little habits, right? Those little habits that you just add in and wow, that feels really good. And then that becomes a part of your life. And then you add another, and then you try new things. You try one of the kill salads that you've posted on YouTube and you're like, wow, that actually tastes good. Maybe I'll incorporate that into my lunches rather than going for takeout every day. And they, they do, they add up. And when you start to feel good, like you said, that's what motivates that healthy lifestyle without having to, you know, go on some sort of a, a plan or a program. Mm -hmm. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think sometimes um, people think that I'm almost like faking that healthy food tastes good or like my green smoothies really taste like grass. I'm like, no, they taste like peanut butter. <laughs> you know, like I, I think that people assume that if they're going to try to eat a healthy way and live a healthy lifestyle, that they're going to have to make sacrifices and they're never going to truly enjoy food and be happy. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, totally. I love that you bring that joy and pleasure to healthy eating because it can be delicious. It really can. And I think encouraging people just to try it out and see is, is so huge. And, and that's why you do what you do. <laughs> 
So my question would be then, what is your best advice for the woman who's listening who's like, okay, that sounds good. Maybe I want to try a green smoothie that actually tastes like peanut butter banana and not grass. (laughs) (laughs) So for that woman who desires to live this healthier life but doesn't want to subscribe to those diets and really just wants to feel good, what is your advice for her? Where should she start? Sorry. Um, (laughs) So I would think when it comes to diet, I feel like nobody, I hate that word personally. And I feel like nobody wants to be on a diet. And if that's the first thing that comes to mind, I can see why it would be something that you would want to sign up for. Uh, I definitely don't. And I don't feel like I am on any kind of diet. Uh, I, I would recommend you know, just starting small and slow, you know, you don't have to be full into kale salads and green smoothies all day and green juices and all of that right off the bat. Although that being said, I do think smoothies are an amazing way to start. Like the first thing I always recommend to someone is start drinking, start your day with a smoothie. You know, it doesn't have to be green right off the bat. Although I think smoothies are a waste if there's no greens in it. I personally, I'm like, there's, it's so easy just to add some greens in there and you won't taste it. Um, but you know, smoothies are such a great way to get so much nutrition into one glass and there's no excuse about, Oh, I don't have time for smoothie because smoothies are the easiest and quickest breakfast recipes that I can make. Like you can, even if you're a mom juggling with like one kid on one arm, you can make a smoothie with one hand. Like I do it all the time and it's, they're just so convenient. They're so easy and you can just hide so many greens and vegetables in them without tasting them. You know, it works on kids. It works on adults too. And like I said, I think just take it one step at a time and most importantly, stop comparing to other people's health goals. I think you need to figure out what your health goals are and what you want, how you want to feel and look. And because even though I talk about health is, is, can also be very much an emotional um, and mental side of things. It it is also, you know, people want to look, look good too. It is a physical and an aesthetic thing as well. And maybe how you want to look is different from the person next to you, how they want to look. And I think it's going to be different from each person. And I think once you know what those goals are, then you can kind of create your own action plan. Um, But like I said, just start simple, you know, something as simple as starting your day with a smoothie is such a great way to kind of kick things off. And then it's kind of like a domino effect. Once you start doing one healthy habit, it it's like your body craves it. Like your body wants to be healthy and feel good. It wants to live long. And I think once you start implementing those healthy habits, they kind of just grow and feed off of each other. And if you start your day with a smoothie, you're probably not going to want to maybe eat McDonald's for lunch. Like it, it's this addictive, a healthy addictive thing um, that can happen. And I think, yeah, so start small and work your way up. I think that's so awesome. Um, No one wants to feel bad, right? Everyone wants to feel good. So when you do something that feels good, it does, it compounds. So I love that. And I am a huge fan of green smoothies. And so are my kids, actually. So I think that's great advice. I love that. It's such an easy place to start. And you have lots of recipes for green smoothies on YouTube, too. So if they want want starter recipes, yeah. And I think I share them almost at least weekly on Instagram stories. I'm sharing what's in my smoothies because that's one of the number one questions I get asked. And and we actually have a free, uh, maybe I can send you a link to link it in the show notes, but we also have a free how to make the perfect green smoothie guide um, that I still use and I love it. And it just makes it really easy. So you kind of have like a little template on what to put in your smoothie. Oh, that's awesome. I will definitely link that in the show notes so they can grab that and get started with uh, one simple step to to living healthier. (laughs) So something that you just touched on, and I actually wanted to dig in a little bit deeper about, it was something that you had talked recently about on your Instagram. And again, it was something that was just so refreshing and inspiring. And I was really happy to see you talk about it was that you don't believe that healthy means the waist size of your jeans or the way your butt looks in a bikini. Amen, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, And just like you said, everyone has their own views of what healthy looks like. But I think in our society, we can very easily think that we have to look a certain way. And so I think this is such an important topic. And I I like to take the opportunity to talk about it as much as I can. And as long as my guests are willing, um, just because I think it's important to know that as women, we can live this healthy life, we can add more green smoothies, we can eat more kale salads, without this constant striving to be skinnier. So my question for you is, what does living a truly healthy life mean to you? 
So I will say that post was actually stemmed from a lovely comment that someone left on my one of my YouTube videos about just making this judgment and assumption of, you know, for someone who eats so healthy all the time, I'm surprised you're not skinnier. And I I was just so blown away by someone saying that and thinking it's okay to say that. And, you know, what, what healthy living and life, uh, living a healthy life means to me is just, I, I think that healthy comes in many forms. And what you look like on the outside isn't always the best representation of how you feel on the inside. What I mean by that is, you know, I, I think people need to stop looking at the physical side of what they think is healthy, what, it th- what they think it means to be healthy, and pay attention to the mental and internal side of health. People show their health in different ways. Someone can be super slim on the outside, but a heavy smoker and always skips breakfast. And I have so many friends that are comparing their what like someone looks like to how healthy they must be. And I, I just think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think we need to, and I talk about this in the Instagram post, I think we need to stop focusing on numbers, calories, waist measurements, pant size. It's like not about that. It's first of all, that's just so overwhelming. I hate doing math. And, you know, and I, I think we just need to like, yeah, those can be guidelines, but you shouldn't obsess over them. And I don't think that it is the, it will, it's a determining factor whether or not you are healthy and whether or not, um, you're the right weight that you should be. And I, you know, for me, I, I always say that I'm okay with never having a six pack. I, it doesn't fit my lifestyle. I don't think I would be happy with the lifestyle that would take to get a six pack, you know, and, And I'm totally fine with that. That's not my health goals. And that's why when I mentioned earlier, it's important to know what your health goals are in order to, you know, live the life that you want to live. Because like I said, I know that's not for me. Do I, if I see, if I see someone with a nice six pack, I'm like, awesome, good job. They probably worked their butt off for that, you know? Um, But it's just not something that's, that, that I want, you know, I just, I love food too much and I could never count macros and calories like other people do. (laughs) I think that's such an important, such an important view and such an important reminder to the woman listening that it's okay if your goals are different than someone else's and it's okay if you don't have a six pack, it doesn't mean you're any less healthy. It really is about how you feel and not how you look on the outside. And, you know, something that something that you've mentioned a couple times um, that I, I also wanted to dig into, because I think this is this huge topic among busy women and, and because, you know, a lot of my listeners are moms, too, is your struggle with stress and anxiety in the past. But, you know, talking to you and watching you on YouTube and on Instagram, you seem so positive and happy. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, where did this play into your healthy living journey? What are your, you know, health nut secrets for maintaining this balance and this happiness and this joy in your life, um, not just physically, but also mentally? I wanted to dig in a little bit more to that um, because you are a busy entrepreneur and I'm sure that, you know, this this plays into your life a lot. Yeah, and I, and I always want to say that as much as I... I do always seem really happy and positive online. I definitely have my down moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't always, I sometimes try to share those because I think it's important for people to see the ups and the downs. But also, like, that's not what I want to promote and, sh- and share. And that's also not 80% of, I would know, I would say 90% of the time I am a happy and positive person. Um, but I just always want people to, to know, like, I'm not happy 100% of the time. And when I am sad, I find I'm very, I'm a very emotional person. So when I am sad, I'm very sad and I'll, you know, and I just kind of wear my emotions on my sleeve sometimes. Um, and then when I'm happy, you know, I think it's very, um, you, people just feed off of it because I just express it very openly. (laughs) So I, you know, it, it goes both ways. Um, but luckily I have such a supportive, so many supportive people around me. So if I am having a bad day, someone will listen to me whine. (laughs) So, um, but yes, being a busy entrepreneur, like there's a lot going on. And as I mentioned, like earlier in my life, I used to push my, um, any like stressful or anxiety emotions I was having, I'd push them aside and that kind of blew up on me in my I'd say my mid twenties, I had the worst anxiety breakdown I've ever had in my life. And it's something that I haven't talked about that much. And I do want to talk about my anxiety journey more on my channel. It's just, I keep procrastinating on it and it's probably on purpose, but 
I realized that I was, it was basically, I was building this perfect storm that was eventually going to blow up. I wasn't putting self-care as a priority. And I just kept thinking, you know, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And my biggest advice is to stop, breathe and meditate or do whatever it is that is going to reset you and bring you back to like ground zero. And I just can't stress this enough because we all have so much on our plates. And, you know, even if you're not an entrepreneur, everyone's just busy and you're constantly, everyone's like constantly stressed out. And eventually, like I said, this is going to kind of build up and it's going to release itself in other ways, whether it's a health issue or you finally just have a mental or anxiety breakdown. And it takes you like, it took me a few years to recover from that. And yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was awful. And if I could go back in time, I would have made time for some self-care habits in the beginning, even when I didn't think I had time. And uh, actually, one of my favorite quotes, if I can remember it correctly, is um, it's like a Buddha quote. And it's, you know, you should sit and meditate for 20 minutes a day. Unless you're too busy, then you should meditate for an hour. And it's one of my favorite quotes, because it just it's one of those things where you need to make time for yourself. And, you know, everyone says that they don't have time or like anyone who says that they don't have time or they can't relax enough to sit quiet and meditate or do a yoga class. I think those are the people that need it the most. And I was one of them. And nowadays I make time every day, whether it's in the morning or before I go to sleep, depending on my day or schedule, I meditate. And um, that's my self care practice. That's like non negotiable that I have to do every day. Because I don't want to say have to do I enjoy doing it. I crave it because it has truly changed my life. I started med meditating the beginning of last year. And it's what got me through writing my first cookbook. It's what got me through some of the busiest times with health nut nutrition. And I yeah, it, it saved my life. And I just can't recommend creating a self care practice enough. And it can be, you know, my boyfriend, he doesn't meditate, he works out in the morning, if he doesn't work out, he feels off, um, go for a walk journal, pick your own form of meditation. That was my that's that was the main thing that worked for me. But I think everyone's different. But I think if you don't make time to slow down and relax, like it will catch up eventually with you. So I just, it's something I'm very passionate about and I want to talk more about on my channel. I think that it's, um, it's so important. I think we can, I can see this theme happening here where, you know, it's, everyone needs to find their own thing that works well for them in terms of their health, in terms of their goals, in terms of self-care. But these are all such important parts of living this, you know, health nut life, living a, a truly healthy life. It might look different for everyone, but we all need to find those things. And and I love that. I love that you shared, you know, how, how much meditation has changed your life. And oh my gosh, I'm over here like nodding my head going, oh, I need to get back into meditation because it's been a long time <laughs> since oh, I've since I've been into it, I, I would I would do it a little bit, um, maybe, actually, probably before I had kids. And my oldest is going to be six in November, so that's really bad. I should really, <laughs> oh, but it is I a great way. I don't know how I'm going to do it when I have kids. Uh, I'm going to have to just find a way, but it, it's a struggle. And you know what? It took me, I was trying to do medi like daily meditation for years on and off, but I just got to a breaking point that I was like, something's got to change. And and then I kind of just made a commitment. It was like a New Year's resolution. I made a commitment to myself. But, you know, sometimes things take a, a while before you fully adapt to them. But I mean, yeah, being a mom and meditating, I can I only have a pup. And sometimes she jumps on me when I'm meditating. <laughs> and I can only see the struggle. So just being a mom itself is, I'm sure the biggest challenge ever. So kudos to you. <laughs> but you know what? I think that you find the time, like you said, you know, whether you're a busy entrepreneur or you're a mom or, you know, you have whatever going on in your life, you find that time when it's important to you. So I think as a mom, like one of the things that I do do is I wake up early every morning and I have time for reading and prayer and journaling. And that is my time. And some days it's like some days I get like 45 minutes and that's wonderful. Oh, wow. But most days I get like 20 and that's what I get before I hear the little one crying and then it's up and, you know, time for the day to start. But if I don't get that time in the morning, then I do. And I would love to incorporate meditation into that. So anyone who's listening can, and knows me in real life can bug me to start the meditation practice. But that's, <laughs> that's one of those things that really just like solidifies my self-care for 
at the start of the day. So whether somebody, you know, has, you know, lives this busy life, maybe first thing in the morning doesn't work for somebody who has an hour and a half commute to work, or I guess you can meditate on the way to work as long as your eyes are open if you're driving. Um, but there are ways I think that you can make it work. But the key is that, you know, is to find something that really grounds you and, and keeps you in that positive space. Yeah, definitely. So I, I actually, I'm curious. So what you said you started kind of the beginning of last year. Um, was there any like program that you started with or like an app or did you just like start by getting silent? I'm just curious. Yeah. So I, I've tried so many different forms of meditation and I think it's important to try different ones because either like, I don't know, I just found some didn't work for me. Some did. I personally love guided ones. I feel like just listening to a voice really keeps my mind focused. Um, but what what I end up doing, so the type of meditation I do is called self-hypnosis. And when you first hear about hypnosis, you're like, oh, it sounds very woo-woo. It's not going to work for me. It's just a type of uh, relaxation. And I, I tell people it works for everyone. It's like maybe different levels. Um, but it's, it's not a, it's not whether it works or not. It's just whether you want to do it. And so I basically started to see a hypnotist and I went to him for my anxiety and stress. And I just found, I was doing research, found someone local, uh, to Toronto. And so you can find someone close to you. There's also this girl called, uh, named Grace Smith. She has a whole, she was actually one of the first people I started following when I learned about hypnosis and this was years ago. So sometimes it takes a long time to adapt something and make it part of your life. But it's when I first heard about hypnosis and I know now she has like, she's grown since then and she has like an online platform and you can basically, uh, sign up with, um, uh, hypnotists like online through her program and do it through, I think Skype. So, which is awesome because it's available worldwide. Uh, but I found someone local and I started, I did like a six week program with him. And then I, now I still see him monthly. He's not my, he's not a therapist, but he's kind of like just someone I go and talk to. And I think, uh, whether that person you talk to is a, a friend or family member or someone you paid to sit and talk to, um, I think it's really beneficial, but basically, uh, yeah, I just listened to, he, he gave me tapes and I listened to, uh, tapes for different things. I have ones for stress release, ones for confidence. There's different things. And how I see hypnosis is, um, and this is, I think what Grace Smith calls it too. It's essentially meditation with a goal. So all of my, and I, and I also say, it's kind of like you're brainwashing yourself. You're not going to like, you know, um, bark like a dog or something when someone like snaps their fingers but like it, it's just like you're brainwashing your subconscious mind and you're kind of putting thoughts into your subconscious mind and then eventually you start to believe these thoughts and they kind of just change your life and the craziest thing that happened to me is I so I really don't like flying I get like really bad travel anxiety and even though I've flown to Australia a few times, um, but I, I get really bad, uh, travel and flying anxiety even, and I'm not scared of heights, but when I started doing the meditation last year, it was a couple months into it. I had a friend last minute be like, Hey, I, I'm going to Niagara to go on this helicopter ride. He was shooting something for them. Basically said, I have free tickets if you want to come. And right away I'm like, Oh no, no, that like it's too adventurous for me. I don't want to do it. I ended up asking Matt, he went up and I just ended up driving down with them last minute. And basically long story short, I ended up going on the helicopter, not once, but twice over Niagara Falls. And it, I have never, I was, I never felt more calm doing something like that in my life. I was just in the present moment, not letting my monkey brain kind of freak me out. And that was like the proof that, wow, this thing that I'm doing every day is changing the way I think. And anyway, so that's kind of, that really kind of sealed it for me. And then my feeling of constant anxiety that I was having every day when I would wake up finally started to kind of disappear. And, you know, and I still have anxiety, I still have anxious moments and anxiety attacks, but it's more manageable and it doesn't take over my life as it once did. What a cool story. I love that. And I've never really heard of self-hypnosis self meditation. So I'm going to look into it just because I'm curious. That is so cool. And I love that it plays into more than one area of your life where you're like, you got to experience something that you never thought you'd be able to experience. 
because you were taking this time for self-care and, you know, I guess, you know, tuning in to your body and what your body needs in terms of stress and anxiety. And then you got to experience such a cool experience. So that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, it's crazy. The mind is a, a, just a crazy thing. And when you kind of tap into it and try to understand a little bit more and you can actually change the way you think, it's, it's actually insane. Like, I feel like I'm a different person from when I actually, if you ask my boyfriend, he's like, Oh my God, you're like, you know, I'm still the same person, but I'm very different in aspects in different aspects as well. So cool. The mind is very incredible. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. It could be, it could be, you know, good and bad in many different ways, but, um, but yeah, meditation, I, yeah, you have to try it. You'll, you'll love it. So cool. (laughs) So I wanted to um, just switch gears a little bit. I could probably talk to you more and more about this, but I wanted to to, to dig into a couple other things that I wanted to chat with you about. Um, so I know that you're not a mom yet, except to your sweet little pup, Cashew, which is the cutest name ever. I love it. <laughs> um, and my podcast is for all women. I don't just have moms listening. Um, but as moms, we've been talking a lot about anyone with a busy life, right? As moms or anyone with a busy life can relate getting dinner on the table can be hard. And it can be one of those things that creates more stress in our life, but it's an inevitable, unnecessary, we can't not make dinner. I guess we could, but then we're probably not living our healthiest lives (laughs) if we're not ever making dinner. Um, So I love that the meals that you share on your YouTube channel and then on your website too are so simple, but really delicious. So do you have secrets for getting dinner on the table fast and I guess stress-free? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a mom yet. I, Matt and I definitely want kids in the future. So right now we just have our furry child cashew. And every time someone mentions her, I just like have this bigger, big smile on my face. So thank you. (laughs) She's the cutest. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. So even though I don't have kids yet, like even the dinner struggle, it's real. And you know, my boyfriend, Matt, he does not like to cook. He's not creative. He's more, he cleans up my crazy mess in the kitchen after I'm done uh, experimenting and recipe testing. So it, it, it works for us. But for dinner, I think like my tips would be, I guess, to have a few go-to staple meals that you can kind of just like rotate. I feel like the hardest, the biggest hurdle when it comes to what to make is just not knowing. You're like, uh, like you're, you don't have this like recipe directory in your mind that you can pull recipes from. Obviously, you know, things like cookbooks or Pinterest and stuff and blogs are great to pull from, but like it's great to already have those kind of at your fingertips. And even for me, there's like, I will rotate between meals that I know Matt and I love to eat and they're quick. And I think when you've already made them before, they're easier to remake. It's, it's like my green smoothies. I know what's going in there. I don't look open the fridge and go, uh, what's going on. It's like the same things. I might switch a couple of things, um, but just simplify it. And you know, I even have a lot of like 10 minute dinner meals on my channel, slow cooker meals, uh, one pot meals, those really do help. Like there's nothing like starting a meal in your slow cooker in the beginning of the day, and then coming home to something already done and delicious and healthy. So yeah, I would say, you know, pick like, maybe if we're going to say Monday to Friday, because I feel like on the weekends, I like to have some room for flexibility, pick like five meals that you know, you can make within like, 30 to 40 minutes and just kind of rotate those for a couple of weeks. Maybe have like pasta for Thursday, like have different meals that you can rotate and some that you can even make a larger batch. Like if you make a lasagna on Monday night, you can have that for Tuesday or Wednesday if you want to skip a day and not have something back to back. Um, But yeah, doubling meals and having just like a go to list of five recipes that you can rotate. And then like maybe next month, you pick another five. And when you've already made them before, it's just, it's so much quicker mentally just to throw them together because you know what you're doing. Such a good point that you can make the same thing over and over again. You can make it more than once if your family likes it, if you like it, and then now it's in your head and it's so quick. I think there's oftentimes a misconception that like, oh, if I'm going to live a healthier life, then I have to have like this, you know, directory of like a hundred different recipes and I have to feed my family something new every single night or um, that, you know, they're going to get stuck with the same healthy meal every single night and then get bored. But if you have that, you know, five or so recipes that you just sort of rotate between, you're not getting bored. But at the same time, you're also, you're not stressing yourself out by new recipes every single week. So I think that's, that's really great advice. I love that. 
So do you have any um, quick and healthy meals that you can think of off the top of your head that are some of your favorites that you could share with our listeners? Actually, I've been making, I don't know if it's because we're going into, I mean, summer's not done yet, but we're going into the fall season, which is like my favorite season. It's both mine and Matt's birthday months, and we have the cookbook coming out uh, this month. And so I, I, yeah, I just love September and I'm already kind of prepping. I love uh, curries and I've just been, I'm actually recipe testing a curry recipe right now that will be on the channel hopefully in the next few weeks. And yeah, I don't know. It's been like a go-to of mine lately. And I'm actually, I've been making the curry paste from scratch and that seems intimidating. I promise it's so easy. And yeah, I basically, I throw a bunch of ingredients into a little food processor and I have my curry paste in like minutes. And then I just like add uh, my chicken, some frozen peas, uh, some mushrooms, and then I add in some coconut milk, the curry paste, serve it on some uh, basmati rice. And it's so good, so flavorful, and I always like make extra so we have enough for lunch or dinner the next day. That sounds so good. I love a good curry. I love that you make your own paste too. Um, I remember doing that like way, way back in culinary school, and I, I'll make my own spice blends, but I've never made. Or I'm sure I have, but I don't remember making my own curry paste at home. So I'm ex- excuse me, sorry. I'm excited for that to come out. I want to try that myself. <laughs> Yeah, I usually don't. I'm not that ambitious. But I just thought, hey, like I was just having this craving. And I didn't have any like fancy curry paste already pre like pre made in a jar. So I just thought I'm gonna whip I had like all the basic ingredients like ginger and turmeric and curry powder and all this stuff. And I it was just one of those like experiments that actually turned out good. And it didn't take long to make because sometimes making things from scratch is not the easiest way to do it. Uh, But I can I promise this recipe when it comes out, it's really easy. And maybe it might be out by the time this podcast comes out, but it's really easy. And yeah, if if I can make homemade curry paste, like anyone can, and I've done it multiple times. So it's really easy. I think that's a good point too, that Yes, making some things homemade can be hard and can take more time, but there's a lot of things that are just made with baseline real food ingredients that you can make from home. And, you know, a lot of us think curry, well, we're going to go out and get curry because I can't make something like that at home. But all the ingredients that you just mentioned are things that you just get at your local grocery store. And even the ingredients that go into the curry paste are things that are really accessible. I think sometimes it's taking away this, you know, this idea of, you know, healthy eating is intimidating or cooking is intimidating and realizing that oftentimes things are made with with simple ingredients. And again, sometimes they're a little bit more complicated. But I think that's something that um, that is a skill of yours, too, is that you you make a lot of the of healthy living and a lot of the recipes that you share less intimidating um, because because they don't have to be. Healthy living doesn't have to be hard. Cooking healthy foods doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be intimidating. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like if it was too intimidating, like I wouldn't want to do it. So I always say if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, I think one of the things that I I really love about you and your channel too is that you are an incredibly skilled cook. Like everything that you cook, like the things that I've tasted are delicious and you definitely have cooking skills, but it's not like you're a trained chef who's on here going, and I mean, I'm a trained chef, but I don't cook like a chef. I don't cook in restaurants. (laughs) Um, And you can be on there going like, this is real life. This is how I serve healthy foods to myself and my boyfriend in, in real life with, you know, just basic culinary skills but it tastes delicious and it's not complicated exactly and you know a lot of number one question I get asked is how do you come up with these recipes how do you do you create your own recipes I'm like yes I don't just go to Pinterest and copy and paste so (laughs) I think like people in my real life are always shocked when they're like oh you actually create them from scratch and it's one of those things like if you whatever you do in life you know eventually you become I'm not even going to say like I'm an expert but eventually you become better at it or good at it And, you know, there's been a lot of trial and error when it comes to creating recipes, especially baked recipes. Oh, my goodness. Like, I was never good at science, and it definitely is a science. And, you know, and it just comes with a lot of trial and error, a lot of practice. And there's so many times where I make something, and it doesn't turn out. So people just don't see all those failed attempts because most of the time we're just – I'm not going to really – always share if I burn something or whatnot, uh, Matt will just like, Matt will eat anything or he, he brings <laughs> it to work. And I'm like, stop bringing my failed recipes to work. People are going to think I can't cook. So I think it's just like, eventually once you do something again and again, it, you know, just like 
me filming YouTube videos. I used to suck at it. And now like I can, you know, talk in front of the camera without stumbling over every word. So I, I think, um, you know, don't be intimidated if you see someone being like, oh, wow, they just create recipes on the fly. A lot of times there are still recipes that I have that go up on the channel or that are in the cookbook that took like seven attempts. So I like to say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to test the recipe out for you and create it. So then when you make it at home, you don't have to make it seven times until you get it right. Yes, totally. And we are so thankful that there are people out there like you creating these <laughs> recipes for, I mean, I love to create recipes and I do create some recipes for, you know, my, my readers and my followers, but, um, I love finding recipes from, you know, other people who have created simple recipes because I think it is, um, it can, it can be, it can be intimidating to, to go, okay, what's going to be for dinner? And, oh, I found this great recipe, but it's also going to take me two hours. Nope, not that. I guess we're getting takeout again. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is also a passion of mine. The reason why I create my own recipes is like, I really do enjoy it. I think, oh, hey, I wonder if you can make this with this. And then sometimes I'll Google to see if anyone else has created it before. Other times I just like wing it and go for it. But I, I find like I get like some kind of joy out of it. When I have this idea, I create it and it works and people eat it and they're like, wow, this is really good. And I'm like, ha, it's healthy. Joke's on you. <laughs> so I really do enjoy the whole process of recipe creating. Well, you can tell. It definitely, it definitely shows in, in everything you do. So I'm curious then, what are your like health nut grocery staples? What do you, what do you buy all the time at the grocery store? What do you always need to have to create these quick and healthy meals? I love this question. I actually, I filmed, I think it was last year I posted, or earlier this year, I filmed a video that was the 10 foods I buy every week at the grocery store. And that video did surprisingly so well. And I, it was the most like simplest list. But I think people are just really curious, like, what do you buy at the grocery store? And just to get ideas. Um, but like, my grocery list is really uh, ordinary, I think. Uh, you know, I always have greens, because I make green smoothies for breakfast, like 90% of the time. So usually it's spinach. Lately, I've been really into kale in my smoothies. I'm finally switching up the greens. I, I get into these like habits where I just want to eat the same, not the same thing, but it's like what I said, that whole rotation thing, when you have a go to recipe, it's so much quicker just to make it and do it and eat it. So I've been doing spinach for the longest time. Now it's kale. Also helps that my my parents have a ton of kale in their garden. So I just can go over there and take some for free. Uh, I always have some kind of unsweetened um, non-dairy milk. Um, I, I still eat like cheese and yogurt and stuff, but I just usually prefer dairy-free milk. So unsweetened oat milk or almond milk I, are usually my go-tos. Um, cucumber, I put it in smoothies, salads. Uh, for protein, I love chicken, fish, tofu. I try to have a combination. Uh, you know, in the staples, like eggs, quinoa, zucchini. I don't know. Like I'll also think of like snacky foods, um, like crackers and hummus and uh, bananas and apples. I love apples with peanut butter as a snack uh, with some cinnamon or chia seeds on top. And then bananas. And I always have like my boyfriend laughs at me because I'll buy bananas and he's like, we have already a bunch like in our fruit bowl. Like, I don't know why we need more. I'm like, okay, Matt, we're on, there's like a rotation happening. Those are ripening. And I like, I have this system with bananas, so I will never run out of frozen ripe bananas. <laughs> so like right now they're ripening. And once those are like halfway ripening, I'll like go out to the store and buy new ones. Like, I don't know. I'm weird. I always like want, there's nothing worse than a, a, having to eat a green banana. So Anyways, those are usually like my staples. And then, you know, sometimes I'll add in some, some, I don't know, more unique or fun foods in there. But I always have to have like my go-to staples. I think that list is great. I think those are a lot of the things that I buy at the grocery store too. But I think it's so helpful for the woman listening who wants those tips on just simple things. You're not, mm -hmm. you know, going crazy and buying these, you know, crazy ingredients every week. It's the simple things that create these, these delicious meals. I love that. Yeah. And you know yeah, what? Exactly. Um, to the point of bananas, 
Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right. I should probably link the recipe. You have a recipe for, it's like banana oat pancakes, I think. And they're super, super simple. And my kids love them. And I have not made them in forever. And when you're talking about the bananas, it like popped into my head that you have this. I'm not, this is definitely you, right? That has this yeah, recipe. Yeah, those are my like, I think those are my five minute pancakes. They're yeah, like yeah. really, really easy. Yeah. And I, they're in the blender, right? I use, I put them in the blender and maybe you don't put them in the blender, but I put them in the blender and they're just super simple and they're they're awesome and they're just using really simple ingredients you can buy at the grocery store it's like bananas and oats and you know baking powder and those type of things yeah no those are good and I've had so many people message me that that's like one of their staples and I mean I have many pancake recipes because I love eating cake for breakfast apparently (laughs) um but I do have one that's made in the blender that's coming up soon so I mean I create a lot of recipes and then I don't know necessarily when they're going to launch um, but I'm always just like writing them down and then eventually, um, I'm bad for that. I create a lot of recipes and it takes me a while to get them out sometimes, but, but when they do come out, you know that they've been truly tested and eaten many times. I think that's important. There's been some recipes that I've tried from Pinterest too, that look really delicious mm-hmm. and they're not that great. <laughs> so it's important I that they're a tested. a lot of people have that. Yeah, I know. And it's awful because you're like, I got all the ingredients. I spent the money and time and you're just like, what a disappointment. Totally. <laughs> So really all of this is leading to, you've mentioned it a couple times in passing, but you have a new cookbook that will have just come out when this is airing, because it's airing at the end of September and it's coming out September 2nd, is that right? Uh, third. Third. So right September after third. Okay. the long weekend. Yeah. So Tuesday. Oh my gosh. So exciting. And we talked about before this started too, it was just named an Amazon.ca number one bestseller. So congratulations again. That is so exciting. Thank you. Like I said, there was like screams, tears, and it was, yeah, that was very exciting news to wake up to the other day. Well, the recipes look amazing from what I can see, and I'm obviously going to get my own copy, and I'm very excited to to dig in. Um, But I'm curious, kind of as we wrap up, what was the most fun part about creating a cookbook? You sound so passionate about creating these recipes. Um, And are there any favorite recipes from the book you want people to go and make right away when they get theirs? So definitely the favorite part was the photo shoot. So we did, I mean, the lifestyle photo shoot, I think was a little bit more enjoyable than the food because the food we did, it was, they were long 12 hour days. We basically shot all the food photos for the book within two weeks and it was a hustle. Um, but it was also amazing to see these recipes that I've been working on for months come to life. And I'm a very visual person. So being able to style them and photograph them and like we had a photography team. uh, So I did not do it all by myself. But it was just so surreal and exciting to see everything come to life that I've been, you know, working on in my kitchen and writing down. And that was just so crazy. Um, For my and I actually talk about I've been doing I've been documenting the whole cookbook process on my YouTube channel. I've been having the series called the Health Nut Cookbook Diaries. And I actually share the whole behind the scenes process of how the book came to be. So if you're curious, if you want to be a, a cookbook author one day, or you're just curious, like I would be if I wasn't writing a book, I would still want to know what goes into it. Um, Yeah, you can find that on my channel. Uh, but in terms of like the favorite recipe question, it's so hard because it's like choosing your children, you know, your, your recipe children. So it changes all the time right now. As I said, I was I'm kind of getting into like the warmer fall foods already. I'm really loving my salted caramel stovetop granola. And oh, sounds so good. <laughs> it, as the name says, it's made on the stove. So it, I think it's even made in like less than 30 minutes. It's like so easy. It was one of the first recipes that I created for the book because I had this idea of I wanted just to simplify everything. And I was like, what if you can make granola on the stove and not heat up your oven and spend an hour roasting it and stuff? What if you can just make it really quick? And this granola is so, oh my God, it's just delicious with the salted caramel that, of course, is like healthy and just made with real ingredients and you just crumble it up I love having it with like some sheep yogurt and fresh fruit and yeah the flavors are just delicious and I think granola you have to make during the fall time oh my gosh well everyone who's listening now has switched off from the podcast to go and order your cookbook (laughs) because that sounds amazing and I'm cool with it that's cool I want them to come back and listen to the last question but no that sounds incredible oh my gosh 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to make it once you get your copy. Well, I will make it and I will I will share it with everyone and hopefully everyone else goes in and goes and makes it too. I don't know anyone who doesn't like salted caramel. That is just one of my favorite flavor combinations. Right? It, it's Yeah, it's definitely a delicious combo. And I'm also on board with like breakfast or sorry, dessert for breakfast. You're talking about like cake for breakfast, pancakes. I think that also sounds like dessert for breakfast. So I'm on board with that. Yes. <laughs> and don't worry, there's there's pancakes in the book too. So you, you will be satisfied there. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> So my last question is, do you have any last advice or wisdom for the listener who's wanting to live a health nut life? I, I think, as I mentioned before, like, don't overcomplicate things, you know, start slowly, find what works for you and your lifestyle and just know that everyone is different. So you need to find what is going to work for you and what you are trying to achieve and yeah, there really is no like formula to it. So do what makes you feel good. I feel like deep down, everyone knows what foods and what exercises make them thrive. And it's just about listening to that and then go out and do it. Totally. Awesome. So I have three final questions. They're kind of rapid fire that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast because, um, you know, like we've been talking about, I really want to share food um, from a place of joy and pleasure um, because it doesn't have to feel so complicated like we've been talking about or so hard. Um, so the first question is, this might be a hard one from what we've been talking about, but what is your favorite thing to cook? Uh... You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say pancakes. <laughs> I feel like I've mastered like the pancake fry and flip. Like I, I really do love making pancakes on Sunday morning. Do you have a favorite like pan for making pancakes? Is there something to use a griddle? Is there a special pan that you like? I just use a, a non-stick ceramic pan. I you know just make sure you're not using metal like utensils on it, mm. silicone, so you don't scratch it and. Uh, you know, and butter, ghee, or coconut oil is your friend. Use it, and it will help your pancakes pancakes not stick. So good. I feel like that's always my struggle mm. with pancakes is that they'll stick. And, I mean, I don't have the greatest cookware. It's one of those areas where I've learned to cook with whatever equipment is on hand. As I used to be a personal chef, so I would use their equipment most of the time. And so I don't have the greatest equipment, but my husband was like, we need a, we need a pan for pancakes. So I think that needs to happen soon. <laughs> yeah, you need a pan for pancakes and eggs. Those are the two that always stick. Yes. Yeah, I have an egg, I have an egg pan, but it's, it's small. It's not big enough for as many pancakes as my family wants to eat. So <laughs> we need, need to upgrade. Big, you need one of those big griddles. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So the second question is, what is your favorite thing then to order or have someone else cook for you? Uh, I would say I love like anything Southeast Asia related. So I, I love like noodles. I also like Pad Thai. Matt and I lived in uh, Thailand for a little bit and oh, like I'm just obsessed. It's so good. Like anything uh, curries with noodles or Pad Thai. I also am a huge ramen lover. So good. And yeah, anytime I can get my hands on that or my mouth on that, I'm happy. So good. Oh, I love it. My husband is half Japanese, so we love any form of noodles too. <laughs> uh, does he like to cook too? No, he does not like to cook. He likes to eat. So <laughs> we have a ramen place here, actually, and it's it's crazy expensive, I think, because we don't have a large Asian population. So I live in New England now. Um, and so like in Toronto, like you could get so much, oh my gosh, just cheap Asian food and it's delicious and so good. But it's really, it's really expensive here. So it's kind of a treat for us to go out, but both of us really like it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so my last question my last rapid fire question, I suppose, is that we talk a lot and we've talked a lot today about finding your beautiful balance. So it's going beyond this idea of like, you know, obsessing or worrying about our food and finding this nourishment and pleasure in food and in life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? So kind of to wrap it all up, I, I feel like balance to me is looking at both the physical and emotional side I, uh, you know, don't get stuck on the numbers and, you know, it's not all about what you eat and how much you work out, but it's also how you feel and just live your life. Yes. I love that so much. So could you just share where my listeners can find you? 
Yeah. So if you want to pick up your own copy of the Health Nut Cookbook or just learn more about it, uh, you can go to the landing page, uh, thehealthnutcookbook.ca or .com. We have lots of pretty photos and more information as well as different uh, retailers on which you can find the book. It's basically available anywhere books are sold. So like Indigo, uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, Target, Walmart, uh, it's it's available everywhere, which is really exciting. If you want to catch me on YouTube, it's Health Net Nutrition. I post videos every week. I'm also on all the social medias, so Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Instagram stories daily. Uh, Instagram is at your health net, like you are health net. And yeah, I'm basically everywhere all the time. So you will get sick of me very quickly. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> but we will we will link to all of those places. And I, I hope that the listener, I'm sure the listener is going to go ahead and go pick up a copy of the Health Nut Cookbook. So this has been so great talking to you, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been This has been awesome. Hey friends, I just wanted to hop on really quick and let you know that Nicole has agreed to let us do an incredible giveaway with one copy of her new cookbook that just came out, The Health Nut Cookbook. And I am also going to include a free digital copy of my Healthy Mama meal planner to go along with it. So you're going to want to go and head over to my Instagram account to enter that giveaway and enter to receive your own copy of The Health Nut Cookbook. And hey, if you've already gone and bought it, which I hope you have, you can give this one away to a friend because it is guaranteed to be full of delicious and simple recipes. All right, friends, thanks again for listening. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.